Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 73 of the Scottish History Podcast and my word it is so good to be back. Uh, I've been so busy with the new job that uh, it's really just kind of overtaken everything uh, so I'm really really glad to be back and I'm glad to be bringing you another episode of the Scottish History Podcast so please join me for episode number 73. So first of all, folks, I should start off by once again apologising for the lack of a podcast over the last few weeks. Again, just been so, so busy learning new tours. I've been to Sky three times in that length of time as well. It's just been absolutely madness. I've been trying to write episodes whilst I've been away, and this is actually a combination of that. Um, so it's just been so, so busy. So again, I, I sincerely do apologise for those of you who've been waiting for a new episode, but hopefully this episode will make up for my absence. So this week I have uh, chosen three separate mythical Scottish creatures to talk about. Uh, I may have mentioned some of these creatures in previous episodes, but now I think that it is time for a deep dive into them and maybe a wee tale or two. The first creature that I want to talk about was recently made famous by a pair of sculptures designed by Scottish sculptor Andy Scott. These are called the Kelpies. Now the Kelpie structures themselves are two large horses heads that are made entirely out of steel and they sit 30 metres high which is just under 100 feet. They weigh a combined weight of 600 tonnes that would make a good WWF wrestling tag team that's for sure. They are also the largest equine statues in the world. Now they sit at the top of the man-made connection between two canals, this being the fourth canal which comes from the east, uh, the fourth, the Firth of Forth and the River Forth that, fly, uh, that flows pardon me, through the east of the country and then you have the Clyde Canal, of course the River Clyde from the west 
collectively now that this canal has been joined together or these two canals have been joined together collectively it is now imaginatively named the Forth and Clyde Canal. The sculptures were modelled on two real Clydesdale horses called Duke and Baron. The sculpture of Duke has its head pointing downward and Baron has his head raised as though screaming into the sky. The Clydesdale horses are very strong horses and were known for pulling the barges, boats around the canal systems as well as the local farmland pulling all of the farming machinery. And this is why those types of horses were chosen for this particular project. Now the Kelpie structures have been open since 2013 and over 1 million people visited them in their first year of opening. Although the story of the sculptures is highly interesting, it doesn't exactly explain what a Kelpie is within Scottish mythology. So a real Kelpie is a shapeshifter known for inhabiting lochs, rivers and canals. They usually appear as horses that can take on human forms as well. It is believed, however, that when a Kelpie takes on the human form, it retains its hooves, which then leads to associations with the devil. Almost every large body of water in Scotland has a Kelpie story, with many associating the Loch Ness Monster, for example, as perhaps being a Kelpie and not a plesiosaur, as is widely believed. Kelpies are regularly confused with Earth Ushke, or a water horse, that is certainly more violent than what a Kelpie is. Kelpies hide in deep pools and rivers and prey on any humans that happen to be walking nearby. The horse will entice you onto its back and can apparently extend or lengthen its back to carry as many victims as possible. The Kelpie then rides into the water where it drowns and then devours its victims and throws their entrails onto the shoreline. This happens because apparently the Kelpie's flesh becomes adhesive, hence no one can escape. A popular folk tale from the Isle of Barra tells us of a Kelpie that shapeshifts into a handsome young man who sets out to woo a young lass. The Kelpie wears a silver necklace around his neck, which is a bridle. This stops him from reappearing as a horse. The young lass recognises that the man is in fact a Kelpie and removes his bridle as he sleeps. In doing so, the Kelpie returns back to its equine state. After which, the lass takes the horse and puts it to work on her father's farm for a full year until she seeks the advice of a wise man who tells her to return the bridle so that he can speak to the Kelpie as a man. In doing so, the wise man then asks the Kelpie if he would like to live as a man or live as a horse. He explains that he has fallen in love with the young lass and that he would prefer to remain as a man so that he can marry her. The wise man then casts a spell that keeps the Kelpie as a man forever and then the two are married. So that is the tale of the Kelpie. We shall now move on to our second mythological creatures and these are called Selkies or Silkies. Depending on where you're from depends on if it's a Selkie or a Silkie. So Selkie or Selkie can 
translate to the seal folk. And these seals that can take on a human form by shedding their skin. Most of the Scottish tales of Selkies come from Orkney and Shetland, with the Shetlanders really more using the more common terms mermaid or merman. The typical story heard is of a young man who finds a Selkie asleep on the beach. The Selkie is, of course, female and found naked with her seal skin lying around nearby. The man steals the skin and hides the Selkie's uh, seal skin and convinces the woman to marry him. And eventually they have children. The Selkie woman is usually found staring longingly at the sea, yearning for her life back at sea. Then, usually with the help of one of her children, her seal skin is found and then she rushes back to the sea only to greet her children on shore once every year. Some less child-friendly stories have the Selkie never return at all. Now, there are, of course, male Selkies as well, uh, and they are said to be very handsome and prey on women whom are dissatisfied with their lives, for example, absent fishermen's husbands and wives, etc. It is also said that the human children of Selkies have webbed hands and webbed feet, which they have to clip every so often. Now, there is a brilliant song about uh, a Selkie, uh, and it's called The Ballad of the Great Selkie of Sul Skerry. Now, what I'll do is I'll put a link up to that in the Facebook page. Um, so if you haven't already heard that song before, or um, so Sul Skerry is S-U-L-E-S-K-E-R-R-Y. So if you just type in Selkie, which is S-E-L-K-I-E, and so scary you'll find uh, the particular song in question but it's a great little song with a nice little story to it so a uh, bit of a tragic end to it mind you uh, as most scottish stories tend to have so finally this week our final mythological scottish creature is probably the most famous of all now, it's not the loch ness monster because of course we already covered the loch ness monster way 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 ago i'm of course talking about the unicorn now, I'm pretty sure that I have mentioned the unicorn before, but the unicorn is Scotland's national animal. The unicorns are said to be able to purify all poisoned water, so it is believed that there is a unicorn on the top of every mountain with a water source, which is why our water here in Scotland is so fresh and pure. The unicorn first appeared on the Scottish royal coat of arms in the mid-16th century, brought in probably by King James V. This would continue until 1603, when King James VI became James I of England also, and we had the Union of the Crowns, the joining of the crowns between Scotland and England. A new coat of arms was then drawn up with the unicorn on one side to represent Scotland and a lion on the other side to represent England. Now, people who are a little bit more knowledgeable in folklore than I I am uh, will know that the unicorn and the lion have always been enemies and as well as both competing for the title of King of the Beasts. 
Now, the unicorns on all of the coats of arms of Scotland and uh, continues today, they have always displayed the unicorn wrapped in chains. This is believed to signify that the monarchs of Scotland have tamed the beast and it still requires the chains to tame the beast in order to use it in mythological purposes. Now you can find unicorns all over Scotland found on top of what's known as a Mercat Cross. Mercat Cross is a significant uh, part of a city or a large town that had a market. Um, so you'll find them in places like, of course, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Stirling, Falkland and Curis. Um, I am going to be in Stirling on Sunday and if I have enough time and that it's not pouring it down with rain, I'll see if I can get some photographs of some unicorns for you to share up on Instagram and such like. So there we go, folks. Three Scottish mythological creatures. It is just a kind of quick episode today. Again, so sorry for not having anything out recently. I've even had a couple of messages asking, you know, if I'm okay. I'm perfectly fine. Everything's okay. Just so, so busy. Um, so again, thank you so much for your support. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's been great to hear from everybody uh, over the last kind of few weeks and things. Um, hopefully this is the beginning of everything getting back to normal. Um, I'm hoping to return back to a normal uh, uploading schedule and things like that now that I know what my rota is and things like that. So, uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic to be back, folks. Uh, so once again, uh, hit us up on the Facebook page. So facebook.com forward slash Scott History Pod. The Twitter and Instagram, just search for Scott History Pod. Alternatively, all the links are available on the website. That's www.scotthistorypod.com. Thank you very much again, folks. Please, as well, keep your ideas coming in. So if you want to send me in any ideas for future episodes, please do so via scotthistorypod at gmail.com. Alternatively, use the email form on the website that I've already mentioned. Okay, folks, thank you very much once again. Take care, and I'll speak to you again next time. <laughs>